here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Welcome back to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold, and as always, I am joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, how are we doing this Friday? Doing great, dude. Coming off a pretty... That was a decent game. You know, we saw Stafford go into Seattle and uh, pull out the victory. Uh, we'll see what's up with Russell Wilson, though. I think that that's going to be a pretty significant injury. I know a lot of people had Russ as a nice MVP odds there. So, yeah, man, this is going to get interesting for the NFC West. But good game nonetheless, man. Shout out to Bobby Trees for finally showing up for fantasy players. Uh, he went off. So, yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, last night was a an interesting one. Great gambling night for me, personally. I had under first half, under game, Robert Woods overall props. So happy yep. that all worked out for me. Sad that Russell Wilson is injured because I, I'm yeah. one of the idiots with the MVP odds. I also have some Seahawks uh, playoff futures. And if he has a pin put into his finger and he's out a couple weeks, uh, they're bye-bye. Without Russell Wilson, the Seahawks are one of the worst seven teams in the league. But it's pretty close to that. I mean, I was just surprised to see that Geno Smith is still in the NFL. And he actually I mean, he didn't play that bad, considering, you know, he threw a touchdown pass to DK. Um, he was pretty efficient. But I was just surprised. Like, damn, I, there's so many quarterbacks that don't have jobs, but yet Geno Smith is still around. It's crazy. Yeah, and the fact that Geno was like, I got ice in my veins after one pass to DK. Like, <laughs> okay, dude, you throw one pass in the last five seasons, you're still cold as I – all right. I, I see you, Gino. I like that move. But talk about like cu- coming in with some swag, just being like, "All right, I'm D'Angelo right. Russell." Like, uh, it's exactly what it was. Like D'Angelo Russell, his his uh, rookie season. Like, right, I, right. I just my just veins after one knockdown. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Lakers are like 14 and 57. Like, yeah, you're cold, bro. All right, cool. <laughs> that was a weird tangent. I didn't think we were gonna get on so quickly in this podcast. It's totally applicable. But I love though. it. All right, so let's get to some champions round business before we head on and give our five top plays against the spread and talk about we're gonna go through all the games today. We haven't been on in a week or two, so figure why not blow it out? It's week five. Let's have some go fun. So it. we got some champions round giveaways to talk about. Jets Falcons. We're gonna be giving this away at 9:30 in the morning, Pacific time. Hopefully, all of you degenerates out there are up betting on the Jets plus three or something to that fact uh on Sunday morning. We're giving away a Kyle Pitts and a Zach Wilson signed helmet. Those will be very cool. I personally want both of those. Unfortunately, I'm not legally allowed to get either of those. So, oh, well. (laughs) But if we see a random helmet and a jersey of Kyle Pitts in your background, I won't be surprised. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I might have to go steal those from our vault. We also have a Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill jersey that are both signed. Those are both going to be given away for Sunday night football. And then on Monday night football, we are giving away a Lamar Jackson and a Darius Leonard Jersey next week. We have 15 items that we're giving away. It's, it's all hot and heavy over here, including a Derrick Henry signed one that's in a contest. So go join our seven six contest now with draft Queens. If you haven't listened to their podcast, go listen to them. And yeah, so uh, if you join that contest, you are eligible to win a John o. Smith and a Derrick Henry signed jersey. So that does it for Champions Round Business. Let's get to what we came here for. That would be wasting all of our money, risking our mor- mortgages, risking our marriages, just to have a little fun on Sunday. So Pretty much risking all- it all, you know, standard. 
Hey, as Bruce Arian says, no risk it, no biscuit, baby. All right, so let's knock this out with our top five plays against the spread. Dan, what's your number one on the board? Number one on the board, you already alluded to it, the Jets over Atlanta plus three. Uh, you could have gotten this at better numbers if you did it earlier in the week, but obviously with um, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage not making the trip to London, that's going to be tough for uh, the Falcons. And I think we saw the New York, the New York Jets defense continue to be very effective in their pass rush, uh, holding the Titans to um, only 24 points and, and pulling out the victory last weekend. I think that the the Jets are just a little bit better on defense and their offense still may be putrid, but we saw Zach Wilson finally make a couple throws downfield. So um, I'm taking the Jets here. I think that they'll, uh, they'll cover the points and uh, probably ultimately win this game. Yeah, the Jets are an interesting play here. I would definitely be on that side also. It's a little concerning that I wish Atlanta would have won last week. I think we would have, would have got some yeah. extra points. Although I was right. on Washington, so at that time I wouldn't have thought about that. But um, I think the Jets have – I think Zach Wilson's coming into his own. They kind of know what their offensive identity is a little bit more right now, which is basically yeah. just chuck it down the field, let Wilson scramble, <laughs> and have some good wide receivers that can go up and make plays. That's not a bad way to approach this with a rookie quarterback. Their defense is really competent. Atlanta still seems lost without Ridley. It's going to be an issue, although Scorderell Patterson looks like a beast still, something that I did not think would be happening this the season. year breakout. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Guy's 30 years old. He looks like a rookie. He looks awesome. Uh, I expect Pitts to have a big game, his biggest game of his career. Russell Gage still not going to play. So they're going to have issues scoring, I believe. Although I will say this. Traditionally, I think of these London games as low-scoring, sleepy affairs. And I always in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I should bet the under. Ever since they moved to the new Tottenham Stadium on that new turf, all of the overs have hit. Yeah, it is a very quick turf. So I think that I'll probably end up playing the over, uh, which concerns me a little bit with the Jets plus three because I'm not sure that they're going to be the ones that are putting up 24, 28 points here. But I still like the side. I will go with the Jets plus three, and I will go with the over. Uh, but I don't feel great about either. These will be very small, small little plays for me. Yeah, 45 is attainable, um, especially, you know, this is you're playing in a new stadium in front of different fans. I feel like there's a little bit more energy. And as you said, uh, the, the field, even so, that that's, makes it a little bit quicker. So I'm, I'm with you there on the over. All right. My number one play for the week is San Francisco plus five and a half at Arizona. Look, I do not believe in this Arizona team being 4-0. They're certainly good. They showed up against the Rams last week, but they are very overvalued here. Divisional underdog. Remember, San Francisco played in Arizona for the last month of last season. They are familiar with everything, all of the surroundings there. I think that is a benefit to them. Kyle Shanahan's offense and their running game will have success against this Arizona defense. And I'm excited to see what Trey Lance will do. I believe he's going to start, and I think that's only to San Francisco's advantage in this game because of Arizona's issues covering the run. I think that San Francisco not only covers the spread plus five and a half, I think they win this game outright and they send the Arizona Cardinals to four and one on the season. I mean, at some point the Arizona Cardinals are going to lose a game and the divisional matchups are always the toughest ones. Right. And uh, Cliff Kingsbury has certainly defied expectations and he's making Kyler putting Kyler in winning positions, their defense. I think what everyone kind of slacked on thinking that they were just kind of all over the hill players are all coming to ball. So um, they're a good team and we got to see what we're going to get out of San Francisco. We'll see who's going to be playing running back. It sounds like Elijah Mitchell is going to be coming back. 
Uh, but it's going to be the Trey Lance time. But I wasn't overly impressed by him in only a half of, of a, a half of a game. You know, he doesn't have any touch on the ball. The short to intermediate throws, like that's gonna that's gonna come with time. But he's just so dynamic that five and a half points, like why not? Cliff's gonna fuck this up at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. What's your uh, what's your number two on the board? Number two on the board: Tennessee minus four and a half over Jacksonville. You were on Jacksonville a couple weeks ago, and it was right on time. Unfortunately, Urban Meyer is a complete clown and <laughs> apparently doesn't want to go on the on the team flight home. He'd rather chill in college bars in Ohio. So this team is a mess. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired in the next coming weeks. So Tennessee coming off a tough loss against the Jets. You know, they actually, for as bad as they played, they actually played pretty well. They let they dominated in first downs by almost double. They dominated the time of possession. They just didn't finish drives. I think that that corrects itself um, against the Jaguars, who are complete and utter trash. Yeah, I don't really know what to do with this game. My brain continues to say, bet Jacksonville until proven otherwise. Well, I've been proven <laughs> otherwise. Sorry. Bet Jacksonville until you actually win a game, is what I meant to say. <laughs> Divisional dog at home. My brain automatically goes to Jacksonville. They're also Tennessee. I mean, they definitely have defensive issues. I don't know what A.J. Brown or Julio, if they're going to play, if they do play, how are they going to look? That certainly changes their offense. You saw what happened last week. I expect Derrick Henry to rush for no less than 475 yards this week. (laughs) So maybe that's maybe that's the play I make in this game is just the over rushing yards. Like, I'm sure it's going to be set at I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's like 145 or something ridiculously high. He'll probably still go over Um, four and a half seems like the right number. I don't really want to bet a side here. If gun to head, I would take Jacksonville, but. I can see Tennessee winning by, you know, 30 points in this game. The Urban Meyer situation definitely makes me not want to have anything to do with Jacksonville just because I think that it's such a distraction. And I don't think that the players want to play for him at this point. So no, probably best no. to avoid. Yeah, so Henry's prop 114. That's Smash. it. Smash. Smash. Smash way over. All right. So we found a bet. We're playing. We're both taking Derrick Henry <laughs> over 114 and a half yards. Playing overs on player props is a horrible idea. Until it's not, and then Eric Henry's adding uh, 145 and a half yards on the ground or something <laughs> ridiculous this year. So we'll play with Derrick Henry. I like it. Uh, my number two play on the board, this is mostly a play on Tampa Bay being sleepy after playing New England, but Miami plus 10 and a half at uh, Tampa Bay. I think that Miami is going to keep this game really close. I actually really like the under 48. Look, the – the Bucks definitely put everything into that game last week, whether they will admit that or not. Brady did kind of say as much after the game. They went all at it. Now, they have a little sleepy zone. Miami is a good defensive team. Brian Flores knows how to defend Brady. Ten and a half points is way too much. I don't even care if it's Jacoby Brissett. Give me those ten and a half points. I think this will be a close game. I think it'll be like 24-17 Buccaneers. So Miami plus ten and a half. That is my second bet of the week. Yeah, I I got to feel like this is a huge bounce back for Tampa Bay. I don't know that I trust Jacoby Brissett. Their defense has been playing lights out to pretty much carry them this whole season. Their run game sucks. Brissett's been playing above expectation. Um, he hasn't turned over the ball much, but I think we're going to start to see this Tampa Bay defense pass rush for, uh, specifically get after him. Now, there, w- there should be some opportunities for Miami to have success. Like, Tampa Bay secondary is, is awful, so – I wouldn't be surprised if we see Devontae Parker or Jalen Waddle have really good games to kind of keep them competitive. But 
for me, this one's a stay away just because I don't like this, the number, but I could see the lean towards Miami here just being that, uh, you know, they're a good defense and Tampa Bay definitely uh, had some struggles in New England and hopefully they'll take some of the uh, lessons from Bill Belichick on how to control Brady. So you think this is a bounce back spot for Tampa Bay instead of a, a just a, I'm tired from everything that we put in last I week? I don't think that they're going to be that tired, man. Like I think, I think Brady's going to be pissed and <laughs> that offense, like I just don't want to see that smoke. If now it's just more so like Miami just isn't a dynamic team on offense. So like they're going to have to put points on the board. And if they don't do that, they're in trouble. And I just don't know that I can trust Jacoby Brissett to go out there and just start slinging it for like three touchdowns and like 300 yards. So I don't know. I think that's a, that's a tough ask for that, man. Got it. All right. Let's go on to your uh, number three pick. Number three, going with the new, the New York giants over, uh, over plus seven and a half or plus seven, excuse me, to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know, man. Daddy Dimes just always seems to cover here. And uh, the Giants played inspired ball against the the New Orleans Saints, you know, pulled it out in OT. I think we've seen Dallas just pretty much defy expectations as well, man. Like everyone was hating on their defense, questions around Dak, and now they lost uh, Michael Gallup. But, like, I don't think it's mattered. Zeke has been very involved, much to the dismay of Pollard truthers out there. Um, But Pollard's still doing his thing, too. So I think Dallas – while they still have a really explosive offense, uh, the Giants have a good way of just kind of staying relevant. And I think Danny Dimes is going to have some garbage time. They're going to keep it within seven in a divisional matchup. All right. So one point here is I think the reason that Zeke is being so successful is because Pollard is smelling him. Yeah. 100%. 100%. He's t- it's now like a 60-40 split. There's less volume for Zeke, and he looks way better, way more spry. So I, I think that that's helping both of them which is the way Definitely. that it should be like in the modern NFL, you should have two running backs that spell each other. So right. I like, you gotta love that for Dallas. My number three pick is also the giants plus seven or in a contest that I'm playing plus seven and a half. If you can buy, get Ooh, the hook. playing it in circa. Nice. Yeah. So if you have, if you have the hook, I mean, I love this even at seven. I love this. What you're supposed to do with Daniel Jones is my number one pick last week. You play him on the road. You fade him at home. This is a perfect spot. Divisional yep. dog. They know what they're getting into. Uh, Jason Garrett as the New York Giants offensive coordinator is trash, but if there's one game, maybe he'll take advantage. He knows some of the personnel on the right. Cowboys intimately. Hopefully that helps. Uh, but yeah, I think that this game is definitely going to be within a score. And Dallas is definitely overplaying how good they are right now. Look, there's no doubt that they are a, a good team and a Super Bowl contender, but they are getting very lucky on defense. They're giving up a ton of yards. All they're doing is forcing turnovers in the red zone, which is great, but it's also unsustainable. So right. I think totally that at some agree. point that's going to regress to the mean, and this is a good week to try and take advantage of that with the Giants at seven or seven and a half. So I am with you on this. That is my number three pick of the week. Let's go to your number four. Number four, I am taking the Vikings over the Lions, and that one is a pretty hefty minus 10, I believe. Um, minus nine and a half is where I got it. Um but to be honest, man, I, I think that the Detroit Lions have been, while they've been covering and playing pretty well, the Vikings really need a, a win here. They're falling behind in the division. Uh, Kirk Cousins has looked decent. Dalvin Cook's been on the shelf, you know, on the mend uh, with an ankle injury, but I think he's going to be back. And once once he's in the offense, this offense is completely different. Uh, Detroit's going to have to be playing catch up for most of this game because I think Minnesota is just going to be playing inspired ball. 
And you no, know, Detroit doesn't really have many weapons um, on offense. Usually, most of this their success is coming garbage time and being in a divisional matchup against a team like the Vikings, uh, who have a pretty good defense when they're actually uh, click, clicking and playing together. I think it's going to be a tough day for uh, Jared Goff and the, and the Lions. Yeah, so the nine and a half really scares me. Like this is perfect Lions backdoor break your heart for no good yeah, reason yeah. too, right? Yeah, like yeah. it. It's like yeah. what are you guys even playing for? There's. 45 <laughs> seconds left and Jared Goff chucking it 80 yards down the field to like Khalif Raymond or something. Quintess Cephas. Yeah, like, Cephas. What, what? <laughs> exactly. So I could see that happening. That would probably make me stay away. I do think that the Vikings are going to come out here and get a big win. Uh, the Lions last week really disappointed me in, in the fact that, well, one, I had them plus three and a half. That was a loss. And I had the over and they couldn't score in the red zone. They had four opportunities where they didn't score yeah, in the red zone. They had the opportunities. Con- continues to be an issue for them. Uh, and I believe that it will continue to be an issue. I just think that that's part of their system and the players that they have. So I think Minnesota will win. I actually like the under in this game, under 49. Uh, I think there will be some red zone deficiencies on both sides here. Nine and a half, just, I, I can't do it. I would probably take the Minnesota side, but the divisional dog plus the like the backdoor hook, I just not one of my five plays, but I don't hate you for doing it. This could definitely be like, <laughs> this could definitely be like 30 to 14, like pretty easily here. Yeah, I feel like the, the divisional matchup, like Detroit's not really a threat in this division. I think that they've surprised a couple of people in a couple of games to stay, to stay, you know, relatively in the game, but not a divisional matchup. All right, my number four pick, and this is something that I did not think I would be doing earlier in the week. This is uh, Chargers minus two against the Cleveland Ooh. Browns. Look, I, I saw that line pop up, and I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to be on Cleveland. Absolutely. Cleveland's a great team. They run the ball really well. If the Chargers have an issue on defense, it's certainly running the ball. Uh, and Chargers are coming up with a big win on Monday Night Football. Everybody's talking them up. This is a perfect spot, perfect letdown spot for them. However, I've been convinced otherwise because all of the Sharps are on the Chargers. This line moved from it open with somewhere around Pickham. Now it's at minus two for the Chargers. This is all sharp money coming in. And I think it's all based on the fact that Baker has an injury. He's actually really hurt. And if you make Brandon Staley only have to defend one thing, which is the run, and you force Baker to beat them, Brandon Staley is going to know what the hell to do. He's that type of coach. So if all they have to do is stop the run, great. On the other side, the Browns can be had in the secondary a little bit. Herbert's going to sling the ball all over the place. And the Chargers' offensive line is playing great. I don't know if the Browns are going to get home as much as they need to in order to win this game. So I expect a low-scoring game. I expect this to be like 24-20. But I expect the Chargers to come out and win this game. And I think it will be because Baker's injured and can't throw the ball down the field. Yeah, I kind of like the under here just because of a lot of the things that you just alluded to, especially with the Cleveland side of the ball. Baker looked awful. Yeah, he's playing injured, uh, but he just could not convert on third downs. And um, much of what you said, I completely agree with because I was when I first came out and I saw the two and a half, I was like, oh, man, I got to play Cleveland. But now that's down to two. Um, and just given the issues that uh, we saw in the the, the Cleveland offense, I, I think I'm leaning towards a better prepared Brandon Staley uh, to, to bank against, you know, maybe they're going to be st- stacking the box against Chubb forcing make, Baker Mayfield to make the throws, which he can't make, um, run out of receivers. So I, I, I tend to agree with you here. I would go the Chargers. Um, I would go the Chargers side here. All right. I love the Chargers. Well, I like the Chargers. I actually love the under in this game. I think this is going to be very low scoring. All right. What is your number, your number five pick? 
Number five, I'm going with the Chiefs two and a half over the Bills. This one's hard, man, but I think that uh, a lot of the perception in the, the the betting public right now is that, you know, the Bills are coming off two blowout victories where their defense has played extremely well. Their offense is putting numbers on the board. But you're going up against KC, man, and I think KC is still – they they have to play with a chip on their shoulder now. Like, they're still climbing out of the gutter of the AFC West. And uh, I don't think the Bills have really been tested yet. This is going to be the best offense that they've played against uh, this season. And uh, this one's going to be – it's probably going to be a shootout. Um, I expect it to be because the the KC defense, we know this is it just isn't that good. Um, but I'm leaning towards Mahomes here to come uh, to to over overseat Josh Allen and the uh, the Bills. Yeah, this cap is kind of easy for me too. You have Patrick Mahomes at home under a field goal. Okay, I'm gonna bet that every time for the next decade. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's Patrick Mahomes at home with under yeah. three points. Like I have to bet that. I don't even care if that's like the squarest play in the world. I'm right. going to take that every time for the next goddamn decade, and I'm probably going to be profitable <laughs> doing so. So, yes, Josh Allen looks good. Not as good as last year, but good. Their offense looks great. Their defense looks a lot better than last year. They're rushing the yeah. passer well. Don't care. Give me Mahomes Sunday night football, minus two and a half. I am totally with you there. I want to make this one of my five. I probably end up will making this one of my five, to be honest with you, just because my fifth pick just absolutely disgusts me. Which has been really, it, it, it's been profitable though. Yeah. So when you get like feeling like, oh God, I'm gonna yak. Like that's that's a good thing. We, we gotta throw it all yeah. down on that. So literally this year, my plan of attack has been: what is the ugliest game on the board that makes me like the most scared, the most angry, vomit worthy? Those have been great for me this year. Those are my. So where are we for? I'm three and one on my best bets. My one best bet was like, oh, I love this. That was the stupid Steelers bet. The other ones have all been. <laughs> gross just absolutely gross so uh oh, i'm gonna guess go. you're, going, I, I should... you're going with houston here no although that's okay, a good, good one i actually i actually like houston that game we'll talk about it in a second uh <laughs> no this line came out at i have it at three and a three and a half i was like oh i'm definitely gonna bet green bay money line then every single sharp that every single person in the public is on green bay and this number has not moved off of three which tells you one thing all the sharp money is on Cincinnati. Everybody, all the books want Cincinnati to win. They are taking a stance on this game. Read the tea leaves sometimes. You're supposed to bet Cincinnati in this game. It scares me to death. Why in the hell would I bet Cincinnati at 3-1 and one, coming off of another win versus this Packers team that has Aaron Rodgers and a team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl? It makes no sense. That's why you got to do it. That's why you got to bet it. So that's my fifth pick. Cincinnati plus three, please get it to plus three and a half if you see anywhere out there. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're, you're probably going to need it. Yeah, that one's going to make me sweat too much, man. I'm going to trust you and your gut and the yak. Um, it worked out the last time, so I'll, I'll tell you on this one. Fuck it. Let's 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 ride. Yeah, I love it. Let's ride. <laughs> All right, so a couple of things here. We have a couple more games to hit, but I've been doing – I did this last year. I'm going to – we'll talk about it this year. So I've been doing – yards per play and doing a spread based on that. And then the Pythagorean theorem. Uh, and there are, th so week five is usually the week that like those start mattering. Cause you have enough data points where it starts to actually like make sense. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six. There are eight games this week where those line up. So I want to talk about them. We have San Francisco, Miami, 
Giants, Cincinnati, Detroit, Philadelphia, Jacksonville, Buffalo. I like where. Yeah, I was going to say, where am I going to get screwed by following those? So we talked about San Francisco, Miami, Giants, Cincinnati, Detroit, and Buffalo. Let's talk about the other two. We got Philadelphia. Oh, we talked about Jacksonville also. So let's talk about the Philadelphia game. So we have Philly plus three or plus three and a half at Carolina. What's your read on this game? What do you think the birds are going to do? The birds have been moving the ball extremely well. They just don't finish drives. And, uh, you know, we saw we saw how the, the Dallas Cowboys had to come out slinging it to and, and establishing the run also because um, Zeke actually got, got busy a little bit early. But I think it was a nice mix, but I think it was more so of Dallas's efficiency in the red zone that really stood out uh, the different to be the difference maker there. Um, I, I like it at three and a half. I don't know that I like it at three. Um, I think there's early value in getting the, the birds earlier on in the week um, as sharp money has probably been pushing this down, but I think that the Eagles can hang with them. And, you know, it's really a testament of can, how they're going to play Sam Darnold and also the Christian McCaffrey factor. He was practicing in uh in some capacity this week. He does have a shot to play. He hasn't been ruled out. If he's back into the lineup, I mean, I got to think that that, puts more edge to the Carolina Panthers just because they're getting more of their complete offense back on the field. We see DJ Moore can't be covered by anyone. And uh, Robbie Anderson's kind of a blip on the radar. He's not really doing anything. So I don't know. This is a really tough game, but like if you got it three and a half, congrats, that's where I would take it. But at three, I think you're, you're getting, you're, you're getting into that murky territory of, I, I don't know that I can trust Sirianni and what I've seen in his execution uh, to actually cover those points. Yeah. So, Going back to the yards per play thing, the Eagles have the best, third best yards per play difference in the NFL right now, which is crazy. They're averaging, Correct. they're averaging like a ton of yards per play. Their defense, I know the last two weeks they've gotten torched, but before that, we're doing really, really well. They're doing on a right. yards per yeah, play basis. Doing yeah. So, so they're they're an interesting case when it comes to yards per play. I do think that that offense. I mean, you're right about the red zone thing, but eventually that will regress also. Positive. Yeah, they'll, they'll eventually score some touchdowns here. Yeah, yeah. So and I think that, I think that just could be a testament to the youth, the new, the new team. People getting acclimated. You know, that those things come with time. Um, and I always see that he's also getting more. The Eagles are getting more comfortable with playing Kenneth Gainwell over Miles Sanders, which is still really interesting. It seems like Miles Sanders is an afterthought in the new regime, but the team looks really good when Gainwell is out there. Yeah, uh, Gainwell also just great receiving back uh, and i think that he's actually gonna have a big week this week because of this no yeah. team in the nfl blitzes more than carolina no quarterback in the nfl is better against the blitz right now than jalen hurts now hurts. I, great point. i'm sh- i'm sure that phil snow the carolina defensive coordinator knows this i don't anticipate that he's an idiot and will blitz as much as he has right. before but it's something to take note of is that carolina is going to blitz and i expect jalen hurts to have some success doing that. I actually like the over in this game. Uh, and I think that the Eagles are going to cover. I can see them straight up winning. The McCaffrey factor is interesting. So you would think that McCaffrey coming back and them having their whole offense would be better for them. I personally think that McCaffrey is a little bit of Ewing theory type of deal here mm. where he's a great player, but they play worse with him because they try to get him more involved and don't yeah. do what they do best, which is roll Sam Darnold out of the pocket and throw the ball deep or intermediate to deep. Mm-hmm. That's what they should be doing. Not all the checkdowns of McCaffrey, not all the runs of McCaffrey. I think it hurts them a little bit, especially if he's not insane McCaffrey. If he's breaking off 80-yard touchdown, okay, great. But I think yeah. in general, in general, he kind of inhibits them or 
hinders them a little bit. Uh, all right. Yeah, it so becomes more of like a, a trusted safety blanket where Sam Darnold hasn't had to go through his progressions. Where, whereas when he's off the field, you see Sam Darnold being more decisive in terms of scanning the field, finding Terrace Marshall. Um, we see uh, Tremble become a, a, a emerge as the tight end there. So, I, yeah, I think it does add a little bit more versatility to Darnold um, when, when CMC is off the field. But um, just the way that the offense, I don't know, the, the Panthers just look great the way that they've been utilizing Darnold um, with the run plays at the goal line. Um, he just looks like a completely different quarterback in a new system. And no surprise, he's, he left Adam Gase. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just really excited to see this game regardless. But me, my homer, like being a stand of the Eagles, I would stay away at plus three just because I can't trust them at this point. I've trusted them before. They've been in spots to to just handle business, and they failed. So going up against a Carolina team that's proven to uh, be pretty pretty stout and uh, disciplined, uh, I don't know that I can trust them here. All right, my bet would be the over in that game. Uh, let's get to a couple quick hitters. I think we have five games left on the board. New England minus eight or eight and a half at Houston. What do you like there? Obviously, Houston would be the disgusting gross you make you want to vomit play. I think it's Bill Belichick's going to – kill davis mills <laughs> like i don't like i'm really trying to find another angle where i see that houston can actually put points on the board but as long as davis mills is that quarterback man like he's he's actually not that bad it's just their offensive line is just terrible right now um they're just getting they're just getting i mean he's just has constant pressure in his face and he has no time to make throws the run game isn't that successful anymore um i think we really need to see tyrod taylor with this team because otherwise i mean i think what we saw with Bill Belichick, the way he just schemed against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and and Tom Brady. Good luck. Um, good luck, Houston, because you're going to need it. Yeah, I mean, I think that Brady or Belichick put in as much as Brady did last week. So I could see a little bit of a coaching letdown, but he's also going against a rookie quarterback. Like Belichick destroys rookie quarterbacks. Destroys. So yeah. I, w- I would anticipate that this game will be like 17 3 New England. Uh, but I, I'm not going to bet anything here. Like, I just don't – I don't trust it. Uh, I could see Houston winning this game straight up, to be honest with you. Nothing makes sense with either team right now. I don't want to bet on Davis Mills, and I don't want to bet on a Patriots team that just – you know, they basically put it all out on the field against Tampa Bay last yeah. week. So, I don't I don't anticipate them looking great this week. Yeah, my only play out of that would probably be Damian Harris over his rushing yards. I think he's going to have a – he's going to have a very busy day uh, trouncing all over that. Houston rushing defense. All right. Next one we have is New Orleans minus two and a half at Washington, a game that scares the crap out of me also because I want to bet Washington. You're supposed to bet against Jameis Winston when he's a favorite, especially when he's a road favorite. Uh, But I don't necessarily trust with what's happening in Washington right now, specifically defensively. So uh, what's your take on this game? I'm going to ride with Washington because I don't know that we can see a consistent New Orleans Saints team here. And they've been so erratic. They've had some injuries uh, to their backfield now. Um, we've seen a total shift in their offense, whereas like Camaro used to be primarily used in the past game, whereas now he's getting 20 plus carries a game, which is really bizarre. Uh, but I think it's really just a, a testament to they don't trust Jameis Winston completely with the keys to this offense. And we already see him being spelled. On, in the red zone for Taysom Hill. So yeah, this team is just, it's just too, I can't trust their, their scheme. And even though Washington's defense has been awful this year, they were supposed to be one of the better defenses and they haven't played up to par. Um, I think that, that the, uh, the Washington football team is, is in a prime position to 
uh, surprise the the New Orleans Saints here. So I would take that money line um, just because it's such a it's a low spread. So you might as well pay for a little bit more money if you're going at two and a half points. I'm just going to take them to win the game outright. They seem like a nice round robin money line piece where you don't actually believe yeah. in them, but you want to have a lot of dogs and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that that might be the play for them. All right. Uh, we have three more games on the board. Denver, pick them at Pittsburgh. Looks like Teddy Bridgewater is going to play this week after suffering a concussion last week. I'm sure that that is going to move the line towards Denver significantly. What is your read on this game? It's another tough one. I feel like the the media is all against Ben Roethlisberger just being so washed that he can't even throw the ball anymore. There's injuries. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Deontay Johnson is is finally back, but Claypool is coming off a hamstring injury. I I feel like I got to go Pittsburgh here only because of the narrative being so bad against the Steelers. And Najee Harris is finally finding a couple running lanes. Um, he's been more active in, in the offense and uh, really just to, to kind of cover Ben's faults. And, you know, Tomlin came out and said that he's still leaning with Ben. I, for some reason, that felt this is one of those games where either the Steelers defense will just come out and play out of their minds and, and support Ben. Um, but more so, I just feel like that the, the Steelers are due to just come out with a, a surprising victory and, Denver hasn't really been tested this season yet. So um, I think that this is going to be a tough AFC battle of uh, decent teams. But, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, are going to ultimately come out on top here. I mean, we saw Denver last week face their first real team with Baltimore, and they got washed. So I I do not believe in this Denver team. I haven't for a long time. It didn't help that Drew Locke came in, and Drew Locke is terrible. I was definitely wrong about that early in the season. (laughs) They knew what they had. It was a terrible, it was a terrible, no good backup quarterback. So, oh, well, uh, Denver, Pittsburgh, I'm kind of with you. It's, it's a toss up to me. I lean towards Pittsburgh just because it's at home. We don't really know what Denver is yet. Pittsburgh does have a one very competent side of the ball and competent players on the offensive side. If they had a quarterback who could actually throw the ball to their teammates more than five (laughs) yards forward, this could be a really good team. Like if you put, maybe if you put like Jacoby Brissett on Pittsburgh, they might be better than Ben Roethlisberger right now. It's really that bad. So Man, your faith in Jacoby. <laughs> I love Jacoby Brissett. I'm a Jacoby guy. Give me a Jacoby jersey. Um, anyways, so I, I actually think that everybody is. I'm assuming everybody's going to bet the under in this game. It's 39 yeah. and a half right now. No one so believes ugly. in neither. No one believes in any of these offenses to score. So I'm absolutely taking the over. Hammer that over. It. That is what you're supposed <laughs> to do. When everybody thinks that there's going to be no scoring in the game, you got to take the over. So over 39 and a half is actually my best bet in that game. But I definitely lean towards Pittsburgh. And that's one of those, again, I would probably throw them in a running, uh, money, mine, money line round robin just as a little taster. I think that's probably the way to play that. Uh, two more on the board. Chicago plus five and a half at Vegas. Seems like a spot where – uh, Vegas can come in and wax a rookie quarterback on the road. But what is your opinion on this game? You would think so. Um, I don't know. Are we going to see some uh, Justin Fields magic here with, with David Montgomery out and you got Damian and Williams stepping into the uh, starting running back role? Yeah, I don't. Uh, this is a another stay away game for me. But if I had a gun to my head, I would probably take the the Raiders here just because they look like a, they just look like a completely different team. Now Um, they really trust Derek Carr into making plays. 
he had a tough interception at the end of the game last game, but, you know, I think that that was also just a really competitive matchup. Um, when they finally, you know, uh, had to get tested. And, you know, I think Gruden will learn from that. The team will learn from that. We see Josh Jacobs is, is healthier. Um, so I think that this team is actually really coming together. We love to see the emergence of Hunter Renfro. The dude's been nasty. Um, and so, like, I, I don't think that the Bears have enough. They're really injured on the defensive side of the ball. On top of, they can't seem to get Allen Robinson in the ball, like, at all. So if yep. David Montgomery was probably their most consistent offensive player is out, um, is it Darno Mooney? Does he step up to go off again? I don't know. Um, I think the Raiders defense is a little bit better than that. So um, if, if gun in my head, I'm taking Raiders five and a half. If there's one thing the Raiders do really well defensively, it's get to the quarterback. And we know if yep. Fields holds onto the ball way too long. That yes, offensive line is very porous. This seems like a game where Fields is really going to struggle. And without David Montgomery to lean on, I love Damian Williams, but they're not the same caliber back at this point. It's been two years since Damian Williams was really in the league. Right. And Allen Robinson isn't involved. Mooney's great, but I, it's going to be tough to just find a way to get them the ball right now. And Vegas is coming off of a loss. I was coming off of a win. I think that this line is probably a little bit low here. So give me Vegas minus five and a half. I wouldn't make this one of my best bets, but I will probably come Sunday end up putting a little 25 or 50 spot on it just to have some fun on that one. Let's move over to the last game, Monday night football, Indianapolis plus seven at Baltimore. What do you think about this one? This is an interesting matchup with a indie team who is coming off of a, a really good win. Maybe found something running the ball last week. Maybe they'll commit to it. Although they did lose Quentin Nelson. Indianapolis defense is really, really talented and they are starting to show it. I think that this might be a closer game than people will expect. What is your opinion on this game? I agree. Uh, I think that the Colts have actually weathered the storm here. You know, Darius Leonard, pretty dope that you guys are giving out a Darius Leonard jersey. He is a really definitely one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Um, but they seem to be kind of hitting their strides despite Wentz and all of his injuries. Like they're they're getting it done, man. And their offensive line has had a ton of injuries, but yet they're still ranked in the top ten in 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 um, in offensive line grade per PFF. So. You know, I I got to expect like this is going to be somewhat of a competitive game. And it's not like we've seen the Ravens be like lights out here. Like they did pull out a good win uh, against Denver, but they still struggle to, to move the ball down the field. And their defense isn't as strong as it has been in years past. So, um, you know, you got to figure they escaped out of Detroit with a 68-yard field goal by Justin Tucker. So I got to think that this game is going to be closer than than uh, the line leads on. So uh, give me the uh, give me the Colts here. Yeah, if this was a Sunday one o'clock game, I would be all over the under here. Like perfect yeah. sleepy spot for both teams. Monday night football, teams just get juiced up. Tend to see a little bit more overs. Line's also getting uh, inflated a little bit. So I might look for an under, but Monday night makes it a little bit less enticing. I do think that seven is too much. I think it'll be a close game. I think the Ravens will win. I think it'll be like 24-20, something like that. Uh, but, yeah, seven, especially if you get that seven and a half, way, way, yeah. way, way, way too much. Although Baltimore is probably my favorite teaser piece of the week because I do think they're going to win this game. Tease them down, yeah. S seven to one makes a lot of sense there. I haven't found mm -hmm. the right team really to play it with yet. The best one I could see was last night with the Seahawks. I mean, if you got it at three, you, got, you were okay. But otherwise, you mm -hmm. got screwed. 
Uh, that last second field goal really, really hurt some people out there in Vegas. <laughs> I uh, actually had a Matt, I had Matt Gay uh, over one and a half field goals, and it was such a shitty <laughs> fucking way to do it. I was like, what oh, yes, I, I got my money. But, like, oh, God, I didn't even feel good about that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, why what? did I even try to bet this if it's coming down to this? What a degenerate bet. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I, you got to text me those. I'll totally bet those. Just oh, my God. Dude, I, I recorded the video for action. I just felt horrible fucking doing it. Like, action doesn't even have projections for kickers. So I'm just out here running rogue, picking fucking kickers. But that's hey, the best. That's the best. <laughs> I love that so much. All right. That does it for this week. You've listened to episode 19 of Gambling with Gold. Uh, Champions Round Business, Jets Falcons giveaway at Sunday at 9 30 in the morning. That is Kyle Pitts and Zach Wilson. We also have Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill Sunday Night Football. And as Dan just mentioned, Darius Leonard and Lamar Jackson on Monday Night Football. So stay tuned to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for all information related to that. Until next week, next Tuesday, we will see you back. We will be back with Dan. Uh, Good luck gambling this weekend. We hope you all win. Bye.